Hello, this is Aaron and welcome back to the podcast. I will probably keep this short because I have a cold and my voice has not been doing too well lately, uh, but hopefully a topic you will be interested in, which is what is evangelicalism? Uh, there's a famous quip, maybe happened, maybe didn't, that somebody asked Fats Waller, what is jazz? And he had some, said something to the effect of, uh, if you don't know by now, don't mess with it, or something like that. The idea being that there's some kind of ineffable, indefinable uh, quality to something like jazz. Defining jazz is one of those difficult things to do, uh, famously. And evangelicalism is kind of one of those things. What is evangelicalism? There seem to be a number of rival concepts of it. So I wanted to talk about this, particularly in light of the flight from the term evangelical. There seem to be a lot of people today that are rejecting and repudiating the term evangelical who might have once been considered part of the evangelical movement. Oh, I'm not an evangelical anymore. I'm not calling myself an evangelical. And I'm not talking about the ex-evangelicals or those who've deconstructed their faith or left it. I'm talking about those who would still identify as Christian, still say they're Christian, but they're just disclaiming this label. I don't think that label really defines me. So what is evangelicalism? There are probably a few ways to understand the word evangelical. In continental Europe, I believe the word evangelical still basically just means Protestant. If you look at a denomination like the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America, I think basically the evangelical there is just a synonym for Protestant. So in continental Europe, to be an evangelical is to be a Protestant, that is to say, not Catholic. Evangelicalism was also a sort of uh, theological, social movement that originated in England in the 1700s. So if you go to evangelicalism on Wikipedia, that source of all truth, uh, you will get a, an overview that describes that way. And I'll read the first couple paragraphs from Wikipedia's description of evangelicalism. <clears throat> Evangelicalism is a worldwide interdenominational movement with pro within Protestant Christianity that affirms the centrality of being born again in which an individual experiences personal conversion, the authority of the Bible as God's revelation to humanity, and in spreading the Christian message. The word evangelical comes from the Greek word for good news. Its origins are usually traced to 1738, with various theological streams contributing to its foundation, including pietism and radical pietism, Puritanism, Quakerism, Presbyterianism, and Moravianism. Preeminently, John Wesley and other early Methodists were at the root of sparking this new movement during the First Great Awakening. So that is what Wikipedia has to say about it. And this definition seems to foot to one of the key ways that has typically been used to define or describe evangelicalism, which is called Bebbington's Quadrilateral, uh, named after this guy, Bebbington, who, who defined it. And it was basically four attributes of evangelicalism. And so these are biblicism, which is a particular regard for the Bible. Uh, that is, all essential spiritual truth is to be found in its pages, Crucicentrism, a, a focus on the atoning work of Christ on the cross, 
Conversionism, the belief that human beings need to be converted, and activism, the belief that the gospel needs to be expressed in effort. I, I can't remember where I pulled this from. I'm uh, reading it maybe from the Wikipedia, again, definition. Uh, I think there's a lot of good in having Wikipedia-tier knowledge of something. Wikipedia has a lot of problems today, uh, but you can still you know, gain some level of service insight just from checking it. Uh, and most of us don't have an encyclopedia sitting on our shelves at home anymore these days. Uh, so it's just one one way we can do it. Uh, so Bebbington's quadrilateral is another way that's basically been used to define the attributes of evangelicalism. Uh, Tim Keller, I've seen, used this before. It kind of seems to inform his understanding of it. And so that's sort of this evangelical movement that goes back to uh, 18th century England. And what we see here, it really is sort of an Anglo-centric movement, uh, even if you can say that evangelicalism has sort of spread to other countries, this kind of evangelicalism, um, I would say it's still very much Anglo uh, in its origins and, and character. There's another evangelicalism, sometimes referred to as neo-evangelicalism, which I think is what a lot of people sort of refer to today. And this is a movement that began in the 40s, uh, by people like Billy Graham and Carl Henry that was essentially an attempt to take fundamentalist theology and reach the main excuse me the mainstream of society so in the wake of the fundamentalist modernist controversies of the early 20th century you know a lot of the mainline denominations embraced Liberal theology, which at the time would have meant things like rejecting the virgin birth, rejecting the bodily resurrection of Christ, rejecting the historicity of miracles, things like that were sort of the big controversies of the day. And the people who, uh, you know, ended up not going that direction were called the fundamentalist uh, after a group of books or tracts that were published called the fundamentals. And uh, the fundamentalist movement, actually, people you would have called fundamentalist back then in the 20s, let's say, would have included sophisticated intellectual people as well as what we think of as fundamentalists today. Uh, but in essence, that sort of turned, it did sort of turn into a sort of, call it backwoods Christianity, who's sort of culturally and geographically bound, had a number of, uh, you know, culturally limiting factors. And so, uh, the neo-evangelicals wanted to retain the theology uh, of the fundamentals and yet try to reach uh, the mainstream. So it was sort of a, call it a kinder, gentler uh, fundamentalism. And so you, you sometimes hear this today, uh, this kind of version of uh, evangelicalism used in contradistinction to fundamentalism. Are you a fundamentalist or are you an evangelical? Uh, yeah, so that's kind of one way uh, that uh, people talk about it. But there's a different way to think about evangelicalism today that is actually the method that I tend to use in understanding the world. That is, there is a standard way that social scientists have been using, probably since around 2000, in order to classify people religiously. And this is a model known as RELTRAD, which I believe stands for Religious Tradition. And the RELTRAD model 
uh, is designed for people, you know, people responding to surveys. So you're asking, you're doing surveys and you're asking people about their religion or their religious background. How do you code that? How do you classify those responses? And they divided into seven categories, which are essentially evangelical, mainline, black, Protestant, Catholic, Jewish, other, or none. And so obviously this is very oriented towards an American context and how long this will stay or will it have to be uh, expanded as, uh, you know, religions like Hinduism become bigger or Eastern Orthodoxy become bigger. Uh, but seven categories is basically a, ma a manageable number uh, that you could look at. And of course, there are subcodings on these. And the people who developed the Raul Trad did it based on a denominational mapping, so they understand it uh, denominationally. Uh, it's not just total self-response. I mean, I, I'm not the expert on this. Okay, okay. I'm not a sociologist. But this is really the main way people talk about religion in terms of survey. So when you see a guy like Ryan Burge, uh, who, you know, is sort of a sociologist of religion, uh, he's the author of that book, The Nuns, about the rise of that, has a ton of good information. He tends to post data that's in this format because that's what the scholarly data you know, is often published in. Not going to say this is the only model you could use, but it's one. And so it's, in essence, in this model, uh, you can see it as a sociological explanation or sociological determination of who is an evangelical. And it's based on sort of cultural identification or, you know, response identification. I think this is a great model because I think it gets at something important. It has basically three choices if you are a Protestant. You're either a mainline Protestant, you are from the black church tradition, or you're an evangelical. And so basically, if you are a Protestant Christian in the U.S., if you do not fall into the mainline bucket and you do not fall into the you know historically black church bucket, then you are an evangelical. Congratulations. And so one reason I like this is because there's no getting out of this model. This idea that you can say, oh, I'm just not an evangelical, it doesn't describe me. Okay, then what does describe you? Are you a mainline uh, Protestant? Are, are you a, uh, from the black church tradition? Ah, oh, well, are you, if you're not one, if you're willing to say, yes, I've gone mainline, then great. But if you're not going to identify with one of those things, then at the end of the day, guess what? You can call yourself anything you want. You are an evangelical. Congratulations, you are an evangelical. So all these people out there who call themselves Anglicans, for example, oh, I'm an Anglican, you're an evangelical, let's be honest. Unless you're one of the few Anglicans in America who uh, are, you know, we're Episcopal, you were an Episcopal parish and you moved over. So you're an Episcopalian and you decided to move into the Anglican world then you could make an argument, no, I'm not an evangelical, I come from an Episcopal background. You might also be able to make an argument if you say, hey, I'm an immigrant from Nigeria, and therefore I've been in the Anglican Church in Nigeria, and I moved to the United States, and we're an immigrant parish. I'm not saying that this model is perfect, and with immigration, with all this stuff, obviously there's going to be changes. But this idea that you could be a Baptist or a non-denominational person, move over to an Anglican Church, and decide oh, I'm going to stop calling myself an evangelical. Uh, you know, who's kidding who here, okay? 
you're an evangelical and, and you just got to own that. And so people don't like the label, but that's it. The other thing I like is it puts to, you know, to lie some of these distinctions people t- tend to make uh, between, well, I'm not a fundamentalist, I'm an evangelical. It's, it's sort of this, this methods that people like to use to somehow distinguish themselves from, you know, these folks over here. You know, we don't want to be too identified with all these wacky people. But, you know, there's a theme that I keep coming back to, and I've hit it a few times, and I actually want to write a newsletter about it. By the way, if you're listening to this and you're not on my newsletter, go to AaronRen.com, A-A-R-O-N-R-E-N-N.com, and get on my newsletter because you don't want to miss anything. But I call it, you know, who are your people? And the people who say, oh, I'm not an evangelical, you know, well, who are your people then? These are people who sort of want to disclaim having a, a tribe, if you will. They want to just claim having a people. And some of it is essentially to position themselves as sort of floating above it all. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm this morally pure, religiously pure person who does not want to soil himself with the associations of all the crazy, wacky stuff that some of these people are doing in the evangelical world, like the Jericho March, uh, for example. And I think a different argument. I think we need to see some of the wacky people, some of the crazy people as our people. Now, again, if you're Catholic reading this, it's a different, it's going to be a different story. You know, you're going to have to deal with the fact that Catholic Catholicism has its own sort of, you know, stuff going on. Different dynamics there. Uh, but at least Catholics, most Catholics still say, yes, I'm a Catholic, right? That the nature of the church uh, says that. So there is something there in Catholicism that says, yeah, you know, I am Catholic, no matter what, you know, some other crazy Catholics, or my view, crazy Catholics are doing, I'm Catholic. You know, there is an identification with the church, right? And you may well be a mainline Protestant, or maybe you are someone who attends, an, you know, an AME church and are really shaped by that black church tradition. If so, good for you. But if you are not in one of those categories, right? I, I didn't convert to Eastern Orthodoxy. You get congratulations. You're an evangelical, and you need to see these people as your people. Just like we need to see the people of our country, you know, as, as our people, this idea that I'll just create my own little upscale, gated, you know, upper middle class world in the suburbs, and, you know, all the other people whose lives are screwed up and messed up. I don't have to worry about them. If somebody said that, we would say, that's probably a little selfish. That's probably a little self-oriented. And, you know, we have to care about the well-being of people. We have to promote the general welfare and society and things of that nature. And the same is true with, you know, evangelicals. We have to be willing to say, these are our people. That wacky Pentecostal stuff that's going on, those are people that, at the end of the day, um, you know, basically, we, we need to provide leadership to. We need to show them a better way. But this idea is, oh, I'll just disclaim, uh, I'll just disclaim these people. I don't want to be associated with anybody who's got problems. I don't want to be associated with anybody that might wreck my brand. I just think that is not, to put it in evangelical speak, very biblical, where it says to associate with the lowly and the low status. And we have to think about who is legitimately low status in our society. It's a lot of these kind of wackadoodle people who are frequently evangelical labels. So we can't run away from them. Doesn't mean we have to affirm everything that they do. There is a lot of wackadoodle stuff there, 
but we should say we have to be providing better leadership. But this idea that I'm just going to disassociate myself to protect my brand, that's something that, I mean, if you want to do it, you could do it. There are people who, who basically, uh, you know, really want to be like a St. Benedict, who really just want to turn their back on the whole thing. And if that's genuinely you, then, you know, you, you got to be true to your, you got to be true to what you, you honestly believe. But for most people, I don't think it works like that. And so we have to just ask ourselves, what are we really trying to do if we uh, want to disclaim uh, the evangelical uh, label? I would also say there definitely is, you know, a culture called a culture of, of, of evangelicalism. As it's the same culture, you know, for everybody. No, it's not. It's highly, highly, highly diverse. Uh, but I'd say there's a mainline culture, too. Even though the mainline churches are very different, they sort of have some cross-cultural things. The same thing, the black church is extremely diverse. There's no one black church. But there are some commonalities there. So I do think these three broad families uh, describe uh, a lot. Now, I just got a comment uh, in, in the chat from uh, Nathan. Uh, you know, that Lutherans like to reject the evangelical label because they de-emphasize the conversion experience and focus on the sacraments. Yes, I mentioned that uh, the RELTRAD survey is classifies denominations, and in their view, uh, the LCMS and WELDS are classified as evangelical denominations. Uh, however, they are quite culturally distinct. In many ways, they are culturally mainline. So yes, if you are uh, a Lutheran, then uh, you know you you can make some arguments with this, this potentially. There, there is a sense. I said there's a culture of evangelicalism. Lutherans do, are not part of the cultural of evangelicalism. They really are more of a culture of mainlineism, even though their uh, theology is different. Uh, that's how the sociologist uh, did it. You could argue that the the Lutherans are mainline. I don't think we have to uh, adopt this position that mainline is equivalent to apostate, <laughs> right? That if someone actually believes in the Bible, they can't be a mainliner. That's not true. First off, there are many faithful people in the Episcopal Church, in the Presbyterian Church, USA. Uh, these are pl these are places where people do believe the Bible, who still have faith in Jesus. And so we shouldn't just say, well, because you actually believe in the Bible, you can't possibly be a mainline. So maybe if I were writing the classification system, I might actually uh, classify the LCMS as a mainline denomination. So, you know, we could argue in these things but by and large, uh, that doesn't uh, uh, apply to you. Mark Driscoll always used to have this quip. He would use it from time to time. And people would be questioning Christianity and this idea of the exclusiveness for Christ, of uh, for salvation. And somebody would say, like, what about the people in the Himalayas or in the remote jungle villages or tribes that never heard the gospel? How could God judge the people who haven't heard the gospel? And, you know, Mark would say something like, yeah, that's a good question, but you have heard the gospel, so what about you, right? What about you? You can't make that excuse. He just likes to turn it around. So it's like we like to make these little theoretical uh, constructs and things, uh, I think, a lot of times in order to to distract, uh, you know, from, from the real issues. We raise up all the edge cases, and you say, yeah, if you are a Lutheran, then— you could potentially raise some objections to how you're classified in these surveys. You could talk about your condition differently. Uh, but most people listening to this, I do have Lutheran people listening, so I'm showing some of you, but uh, most of us are not Lutherans, okay? So that doesn't apply uh, to us, and, and we have to think about that model. I, I do really like this model. It's basically how I think about the world. 
you know, you are, you know, you're Catholic, you're Orthodox, you know, Orthodox will be other in this model, you're mainline, you're black church, or you're evangelical. There's something real captured in that, which I think is one reason this model has been so widely used uh, in the secular sciences. So that's a few ways we could think about the word evangelical. Thank you all so much for listening. And if you have not yet left a rating or review on Apple Podcasts, please do so. I'll talk to you next week.